0: Well hi everybody, it's Lisa Tamati here at Pushing the Limits and welcome to the show this week. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us and if you're a returning listener, thanks so much for your loyalty. We really love having you on board. And today I have a very special interview with you from someone all the way from Germany. Stefan Silner is with us today, an exceptional businessman um, who's had a a great career in the fitness uh, industry and he's going to share some of his insights today. So welcome to the show, Stefan.
1: Hi Lisa, hi everyone, and I'm very honoured to be on your podcast.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. I know that you're an extremely busy uh, man, so I am very privileged to have you on board. And we've had a few technical dramas this morning, haven't we, Stefan? But we've managed to to work it out. Um, well, hopefully we have. Um, we so do. Whereabouts are you sitting in Germany, Stefan?
1: Um, so uh, we are in the south of Germany, um, currently living in Munich. Um, But my wife is also from Vancouver, so we are commuting a lot.
0: Ah, wow. So Okay, that's the connection to Vancouver because I was trying to work that out. I was on your your wife's website earlier, on on her business website, and thinking, why is it in Vancouver when you guys are in Germany? That makes all sense. Well, um, today, Stefan, we're going to go a little bit first into your background and tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, and uh, your career to date, sort of the highlights of your career and what you're doing at the moment.
1: Oh, absolutely. So I'm 45 years old and I have a lifelong passion for sports, for business development, for languages, and also for traveling. Um, And that kind of goes extremely well into my career path I've chosen, which was basically studying business management and then starting to work for Hammer Sports um, here in Germany. Um, We are selling our products and brands into 60 countries. Wow, and I'm mm. responsible for the complete international business.
0: That's amazing. So, how, so that, how many years have you been with Hammer?
1: So it's been fifteen years by now, um, and it's also been a journey. So I worked my way up as well. Uh, basically, started from almost from scratch with the international business, and also with a second role I had in marketing for a famous brand we are distributing and um, building up a team of other expert salespeople around, um, all the way to opening own stores in Switzerland. Wow. You know, it's been quite a journey.
0: Yeah, so this is an eight-figure company that's that's been going. So have you been with Hammer sort of, what uh, was it going before you came along, or were you there from the inception type thing?
1: No, the company is actually... Uh, a, 115 years old it's a a family owned business in the fourth generation
0: wow that's amazing and and so you started though basically so you did you um so you you'd already had a career prior to that uh time i did Uh, i did
1: i i was working for a strategic consulting company Mm -hmm. and did a lot of marketing and sales related projects
0: Right, so you just, you've, you've worked your way through a whole plethora of things over the years and developed your skill sets in a, in a number of different directions looking at your CV. Um, did you, what was your, your academic background? Did you go to university anywhere or did you learn this sort of on the job?
1: Right. Um, I studied business administration in Germany uh, with a major of international management.
0: Right, so you did have a really quite in-depth background before going into this whole, whole business. Yes. So I, I had an early
1: passion for you know marketing, sales, uh, languages, and sports. So it kind of came all together.
0: <laughs> so it was a perfect job for you.
1: <laughs> yeah. And. Um, uh,
0: so yeah, tell me some of the roles that you know you've found challenging over there over the years with with Hammer and and. Um, some of the responsibilities that you've had. So you've 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 worked in how many countries as the is the company?
1: So basically, when I started up in two thousand three, we were selling maybe into three, four other countries. Mm-hmm. So when I started with Hammer, I focused on building up long term strategic partnerships with mm-hmm. bigger distributors all across Europe and beyond. And nowadays, we are in sixty countries.
0: Wow, that's impressive. That's an impressive, and it's selling so uh, fitness equipment. So, are you talking sort of gym equipment into um, gyms or into retail or a little bit of both in the commercial sort of side of things, hotels, that type of thing as well?
1: We are um, offering all kind of home use retail products up to yeah hotels, smaller gyms, personal training equipment, basically. Everything except the 24-hour gyms.
0: Right. Yep. Yep. So you, in this role, you obviously developed a whole lot of, you know, um, key sort of ch- traits that you would need to, to be able to, to manage such a big operation. So... And I know that you have a book which we're going to get into a little bit later. So I wanted to ask you to sort of kick off this conversation because obviously this conversation is all about um, finding out how people have done things and why they've done them and what their secrets are and, and some of their gems of wisdom that they can share with us. So I wanted to ask you, what do you think are the key things that that you know, to be successful in in business, or in, indeed in life, or in sport, what are your top five things that you need to be successful?
1: Yes, right. So, I kind of uh, know that I would like give the main thing away right in the beginning, but I was wondering if you have ever heard of the Zeigarnik effect, and um, no. I I actually do believe the Zeigarnik effect has to do with one of the major reasons why I'm successful. And it's like the top one of those five issues to me.
0: What is that? Explain that to me.
1: So the Zygonic effect is actually named after a Russian psychologist. And uh, in 2006, they made a study with, uh, about that. And they basically gave a certain number of people a puzzle to solve. But they did not give them enough time to actually finish it. hmm so, what happened was that after they were basically announcing time is up, 86% of the people stayed because they actually wanted to finish that
0: puzzle. Right. Yep.
1: So, it has to do with, with the way of our brains are working. Um, and, you know, myself also being a German, we, are, we definitely have a culture of a certain kind of work ethic, Right. Definitely. It's kind of common to, to perform well. You have to work hard, right? That's kind of a cultural imprint.
0: Definitely.
1: But in this study and, and about the zygonic effect um, and, and this study with a puzzle, it's kind of a proof that the brain actually wants to finish things. Because if we do leave certain tasks open, um, it's kind of using subconsciously the energy of the brain in on a certain percentage and that makes it hard for us to actually succeed in new projects
0: wow yep that makes sense so that we we on a subconscious level we're left wondering what was the answer and why couldn't i get it and how do i actually bring it to to an end
1: exactly the brain's kind of kind of revisiting that issue again and again and again wow and really wasting energy doing that so for me, the number one key to success is really that we need to complete those kind of tasks before we start new ones.
0: Wow, okay. So in other words, being able to focus until you get something done, would that be the, the, the key trait there?
1: Yes, and find completion to things, and very often it's things we don't like to do, right? Yes. Yeah. This, this classic the the classic where you kind of procrastinate things, and uh, and you you more or less, maybe subconsciously but also consciously you actually know that it's not a good thing to do, right? Yeah, but it takes it takes this discipline to then say, okay, I have to address these issues so that I can free some energy to work hard on on new projects that do actually excite me, um, and yeah before moving on to such new ventures, really find a closure of things you might not want to do
0: wow that that 's really interesting thought i 've never thought of it that way that's that's um but how do you do that in a practical sense when you're you know like you know I run a, a couple of businesses and you 've got a hundred things that are always on the on the to do list and that are halfway completed and and you can 't always go in a sequential you know um, way of dealing with each each of these problems because they rely on other people they rely on whatever the problem, you know, technical issues or or um, Things that take time to develop. So how do you get your, keep your mind from being completely scatterbrained? <laughs> and uh, This is something that I that I personally struggle with because um, always seem to be multitasking always seem to have you know um, a a dozen projects if not more on the go at any one time and so the completion of those tasks all aren't always um you know able to be done in five minutes they're always sort of left open um so how do you how do you do that and because this is something that leads into the feeling of overwhelm and um not coping and having too much on your plate isn't it really because you've got absolutely yeah. Absolutely.
1: And it's, it kind of leads me already into my second big point here. Um, and that is that you always have to basically stay in the step you are currently in. So you stay where, wherever you're working on right now, stay in that and complete that. You know, it doesn't necessarily have, have to mean you have to complete a whole project, which isn't done in a day. No, But it has more to do with the fact that you complete the certain task you're working on right now and not what is often typical in, in the multitasking world, yes. opening up another five emails or windows or browsers or whatnot. Um, so okay. for, me, for me, especially as an entrepreneur, it's extremely um, important because of all these different projects I'm working on and all these different topics. It is very easy to get overwhelmed when you do that. Yeah. Or that you start wondering in your mind, "Hmm, would this kind of project actually go differently?" Uh, you kind of jump back and forth at times, right? And s- try second guess decisions you made. Um, yeah, it's all these kind of things where it's it's relatively easy to get
0: overwhelmed. And it's very, it's very hard <laughs> now. And now, um, well, too, we you know we, we've got a computer, computer with a hundred windows open. We've got. Um, notifications coming at us texts phone calls that interrupt our flow state if you like our, our our ability to focus um and that can be extremely distracting and um you just don't get things done i mean i typically sit down in the morning and i've got a list that i have to go to do and invariably i'll you know start off with the inbox and then just get completely um, distracted off with whatever's come in there and then the main tasks don't get necessarily fulfilled in the time that I've got. Um, so so what would be some of your, your actual practical tips for dealing with with that type of thing? So if you you know um, what what's important to do in the first part of the day when you you've got the most energy in your brain, you've got most um, ability to get some stuff done? And and not to be distracted by the the new stuff coming at your left, right, and centre, which which is what happens to us. You know, we sit down and then all of a sudden we have good intentions of doing the big project that's on our list today, but a hundred other things come at us <laughs> before we even right. get to the point of starting. <laughs> um, so yeah, how, how 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 do you deal with that, those distractions? If you like,
1: yes. So. Um Well, I would say one thing is you mentioned that is really important. And I personally write things down. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to keep as little in my head as possible um, because the problem really is if you keep things in your head, you're always busy with them. And there's also a a saying, I think that says like, when you keep it in your head, it's a dream. And when you write it down, it becomes a reality. So (laughs) yeah, so but you already mentioned that that you're basically also doing that. Um, so I would say to answer your question here, that's kind of like my fourth big point, and that's what what really worked extremely well for me is creating a morning routine. Mm-hmm. Because how many people work up in the mor- uh, wake up in the morning, hit this snooze button five times, you know, like try to get this extra sleep in just then to rush stressed out into the bathroom and get the breakfast ready and rush to work.
0: Yeah, very that,
1: that did not work for me. So I had to find a way around that. And creating your morning routine really, you know, like you, you wake up first thing in the morning and your mind is actually very receptive for new ideas, for important things, for your vision, to connect with your vision and it's so easy right to to have to have routines that you actually that are running like programs and how often people just start looking at their phones social media and whatnot while they're having breakfast and i find it's extremely important um to get that morning ritual in place where all about yourself your self development, giving yourself some time to focus to start the day, and like I said, the the human brain is made for that because it's most receptive in the morning. And
0: totally so totally. Um, we yeah, have so t- a certain amount of um, you know brain power every day and decision making ability, uh, and if we don't if we don't kick start the day properly. Um, that's when we we can come unstuck is what I'm hearing you saying. So what does your morning routine also include, um, you know, a healthy start to the day as far as exercising and connecting with your body or, um, you know, any specific routine that you do as far as, you know, healthy start to the day food-wise or any of that sort of, those sort of rituals?
1: Well, I have to tell you that I really don't like to work out in the morning.
0: <laughs> me neither, me
1: neither. You know, I'm not the kind of person that has like tons of energy, jumps out of bed and no. basically runs up the mountain. No, absolutely not. No, um, <laughs> so I can tell you my morning routine really means I will, you know, dedicate a certain time to certain activities so for example i like to listen to motivational speakers um, to certain audio books and really like let my mind just enjoy that time and um, without any yeah sub, uh, how do you say with anything that can take my mind into five different things but really focus on something that i really like to listen to uh, one example to give there would probably be, let's say, for example, the perfect day formula
0: mm-hmm.
1: by Craig mm-hmm. Valentine. That's one of my favorites, really. Yep. Um, yeah, just creating a structure, right? Like like in, in that book. Um, Not
0: diving. Learning solutions.
1: how to create a structure to become super efficient. That's that's one example that I would listen to in the morning.
0: Yeah. So in other words, starting your day with some positive enforcement of, of good practices and uh something that's going to open your mind. So not diving straight into the digital world, not diving straight into your social media feed or your inbox or any of other things. Yeah. And taking a little bit of time out for yourself just to slowly kickstart the day. It's interesting that you said you don't feel like, you know, some people get up in the morning and train and do all their, get that out of the way and feel that that's a good start to the day. Now we do something at running hot coaching our um, company here, That I co-own with uh, my business partner Neil um, called epigenetic testing and this has been a real eye-opener because um, it helps it's um, I'm diverting a little bit but it's it's quite interesting is that each person's genetics are different and it it uses 15 different science disciplines that have and it's hundreds of scientists that have um, helped develop this tool And it's basically a a really long, in-depth questionnaire that people fill out. And it gives us a whole lot of reports on what your genetics are saying about you. And the important thing there is that what I learned from my genetic makeup was that because I used to get up and and train early in the morning and I would always feel dead on my feet. It was just horrible. I hated it, but I thought I had to do it because that's what disciplined people did. Um, And then I learned from this genetic profiling that that, Really was smashing my hormones and really not not conducive to to my genetics. I'm far better to train in the afternoons from about three o'clock till six o'clock is my ideal time, Um, and I should have a slow start to the morning, Uh, maybe a gentle walk or something just to get the blood going, but not go out and do a CrossFit workout at 5am because I would end up smashed for the entire day. Um, and and this is interesting, whereas another person, that will be the ideal thing for them, to kickstart them and energise them for the day. So we're all very different. And I think um, learning to recognise what is you know ideal for you and your body is an important part of... Um, I mean, we're finding it a, a brilliant thing as, as, as coaches because it helps us tell exactly uh, our clients what you know uh, what to eat when to eat it what their what their body's saying about which exercise is the best for them what time of the day Mm -hmm. Um, and so all of these tools that are starting to be developed can be quite a powerful uh, insight into our own very individual bodies um, rather than, you know, a, a, a one-size-fits-all approach and we should all get up at 5 a.m. and do an hour's CrossFit. is not necessarily true. <laughs> um, so that was just, just just a bit of an aside, but I think that was an interesting insight that you've realized that's not your time of the day to, to get up and go straight into high-intensity exercise, but to actually give you, yourself time to open your mind to good, positive ideas and then, get yourself underway with your, with the next part of your routine. So what else do you do in the morning, Stiffer?
1: So yeah, boy, what a great roundup, you know, Like, um, and I think, I think really to explore also who you are yourself and what is good for you is, is a big part there as to my morning routine. Um, the second thing I do, and I usually do that while I'm listening to all your books is that, I'm writing down the top three things I want to accomplish on every day, like this on a specific day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, uh, the mornings are very good to get clear on, on important things to you. And, uh, I'll do that while I get inspired by these eBooks. Um, it, it, look,
0: I think that that's yeah, because I think how you set your day up, I, I totally agree with the morning routine thing i think how you set your day up is how your day will continue if you if you're rushing because you were late out of bed and then you don't get everything done properly and you you don't make a good start to the day then you're sort of behind from the start aren't you
1: absolutely right like they're saying when you got out of bed with the wrong foot There's
0: so <laughs> yeah. a lot
1: of truth to that um it is also a big part of my ebook i've i've written right how to create a morning ritual that actually works for you because it's not the same for everyone.
0: Exactly. Yep. So so any sort of advice in that department, like in, in, um, you know, hydration, nutrition, that type of area as well as, as part of your morning routine?
1: Um, well, I mean, I try to, to eat healthy and, um, obviously I love doing sports and doing a lot of fitness, but that would be a very good topic to ask my wife about because yep. <laughs> she, she's a personal trainer and, you know, like she has to answer those questions to her clients every single day.
0: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I like to get up and have, you know, um, my apple cider vinegar and hyperhydrate myself and, and uh, you know, do a little tiny bit of yoga just for five to 10 minutes or go for a little walk outside. Um, just to start kickstart my body if I can before I dive into the computer and get into work, um, and I, I find that um, you know like my 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 cognitive powers and my brain power is best and you know from say eight thirty to eleven and then I need a rest you know um, I need to take time out to to do something to have some more movement before I go back into anything. Um, so I think it's understanding yourself as well as, as having a good start to the day. But, Stefan, I wanted to go on now to um, because, we, you know, we've covered off those top five things that you think, and then I was really uh, excited about that. Uh, what was it? psychogenetic effect. I think I'm going to have to read that study and find out about that because uh, completing tasks is, is a really important thing. I think we all start with great intentions on every project and then we run out of steam when it doesn't all come to completion in the first, you know, day or week. or. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and learning persistence until the project is actually been finished is is so important because we all lose our motivation al- along the way. And, some, you know, especially with big, long, hard projects, you know, um, running a business, for example, can, you know, ha- absolutely drive you insane going around the bend with uh, the amount of projects and problems and obstacles that you face so how do you um, deal with obstacles when they come your way you know so in, in your business life and in your personal life how do you overcome those roadblocks that we all face in everyday situations and not give up
1: yes that's that's a really good point um well I would. I wanted to state one more thing uh, that kind of goes into that, and that's when, whenever you know, like um, everyone's dealing with obstacles, and especially uh, the most successful people do. But we're we are very often we're focusing on what people have achieved, right? And and the wealth they 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 have, or yeah. the success they achieved. But I am one hundred percent convinced that whenever you see a successful or thriving person, it's definitely not so much the external world. It's really the the inside. You can you you can be one hundred percent sure that those person or that person has done a lot of self work, mm-hmm. and then the external eventual will reflect the internal. I'm an absolute believer of that.
0: So you so, can't fake it. You can't get away with not doing that self work and that personal development
1: absolutely absolutely and there's so many good things out there that that can help you with that but i think it all starts with that attitude to want to develop yourself right
0: absolutely
1: and and for me i don't know one thing that helps me with obstacles is that i i'm just born with a positive attitude i think (laughs) You cannot be successful and be negative. Those things really do not go together.
0: (laughs) It's Very insightful. That being said, yeah,
1: that being said, um, I also think that I'm lucky in a way that I always had quite a high standard of myself Mm -hmm. and the way I, I saw myself. So, because I think there is a problem that basically a lot of people actually do not see themselves as being able to become a millionaire, as being able to be super successful and all these kind of things. Yeah. So they kind of settle for less because they have these self-limiting beliefs. And yeah. So I really do think that really helped me to go through obstacles and face my fears. And one one thing is definitely this high standard of yourself, and um, I mean, you can also see like people like Tony Robbins would always say like raise your standard, right? Yeah. There's a reason why they say that, because if you settle for less, you will end up with less, ah. and that's true in every aspect of life.
0: I think. I think you've got, so, you're dropping some real value bombs there. I think that's really really.
1: <laughs> okay. So I yeah, I just think like what really works for me to go through obstacles. Are certain kind of mantras I have
0: mm-hmm. right
1: um, and it has to do with that self-belief so and my mantras are then connected to things like um, that I, I can achieve anything that I put my mind into
0: yeah
1: for example I'm also very competitive so I think doing sports being competitive also helps in ov- overcoming obstacles yep and this is why I also think Doing fitness, you know, doing sports, helps in so many other elements of life and so many
0: other areas. Oh, you were singing from the same songbook there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. You're an expert in that.
0: Definitely. Um, um, I think that's so, so important that you. Um, I have a an online e course, a mindset academy, which is all about trying to get people to understand where they stand on the, on the self-belief and self-confidence and the limiting beliefs, you know, that mm-hmm. we, we all have had imposed upon us in childhood or have happened to us, the things that have happened. Um, but it's our choice then how we, we uh, change those limiting beliefs and how we, we adapt and, and, and grow and how much work we're willing to put into ourselves. In order to develop a mindset that is super, super strong and resilient, so that we can get up when we get knocked down, because it's it's not like that. You know, you and I don't fail or don't um, have problems or don't come up against resistance. I think it. People who have had you know success in their career in their sporting or business world have learnt to deal with failure, have learnt to accept. Um, that there's going to be challenges along the way, and always learn from those, and stand back up again when they're knocked down. Whereas people who don't have so much success are often they give up too easily just before they're about to have a breakthrough. You know, they they, they don't Absolutely. and they and they don't believe inside that they're really worthy of of the success. I think I think this is especially prevalent. Say and in, in, um, and this is something that I've struggled with over the years um, do I deserve to be wealthy uh, money is a very you know like um, it's a two-edged sword we sort of we we're told we should be be wealthy but on the other hand we're told that often or feel that like that people who have lots of money are bad people you know like there's this, this mm-hmm. dichotomy of um, who you know what what is it good to be wealthy? Have I a right to be wealthy? And if you've come from a sort of a, uh, a family that's not entrepreneurial, I know that this can be a battle in your mind, you know, um, changing that mindset. Uh, and in the same, if you believe that you're not a very good athlete because you were told as a kid, you're useless at sport or something, um, it, it's getting rid of that mindset. So when we're coaching people and we're trying to change people's perception of of who they are and what they are. And that, that limiting, um, you know, that teacher that when you were eight years old told you that you were never any, going to be any good at sport, um, that that's no longer relevant to who you are as an adult today and that you can let go of that and become something, you know, fantastic for you. Um, so I think understanding what's going on and how we sabotage our own journeys in our own mind uh, and that's you know that's a lifelong work in progress I think for most of us
1: Would Absolutely. You, that? you know and um, I can also talk about my own experience there and being an entrepreneur myself working on so many projects at a time you know like you run into a ton of obstacles all the time and you have to get used to the fact that you are on a roller coaster, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's where my morning rituals come back into play. You know, I need that time in my day, and that is early morning, where I can disconnect from all these emotional attachments to everything. You know, to to thinking, uh, to have this scatterbrain and all these kind of things. Um, yeah, yeah, that is that is very important for me. And then that allows me to go through the day and, you know, have way better results than you, than if I would not do that.
0: You've set your brain up for the good foundation for the day in a positive mindset, and you go into the challenges and uh, things that are going to come at you during the day in a better state of mind. So, but how do you, um, Stefan, you know, how do you... Um, have so much confidence in your abilities i mean your your track record in with with hammer and and your your entrepreneurial life you 've done massive things you 've run big teams you 've you 've developed uh, product development and distribution and brand management and um, you know learned to run sales teams and hire and train and analyze market trends. How the heck do you learn all that? I mean you can go to school and go to university, but it doesn't really prepare you for the real world. How the heck do you have the confidence to do that um, and to run big teams and, and, and you know, grow, help grow this company? How do, you, how do you not have these moments of going, oh, my gosh, who the heck am I and, and, and how the heck <laughs> <are you?
1: laughs> Well, I do think that, that um, I had a good mindset or a good genetic, genetic makeup for it. Um, sports definitely helped over time, um, having this competitiveness somewhere, but it's, it's really that long journey of self-development. I basically started to list, um, to read books back then. There were no audio books, um, at the age of 18 and, um, was always interested in how can you learn more about yourself? Why are things Happening in your brain, right? What 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 is triggering emotions? What's behind emotions? All these kind of things but also, I think another another tip I can share is really I do believe in positive affirmations Mm -hmm. and That you know, like you, you have to make a decision who you're gonna be from now in like 10 years and so positive affirmations, really telling telling yourself, I am successful, I am rich, I am happy, uh, is one way that is definitely very, very powerful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And a second thing that I really like to do is basically writing a letter to yourself, how you see yourself in 10 years from now.
0: Fantastic. <laughs>
1: so... This is one thing that is very powerful because you basically write it in a way where you're looking back and you're talking about what you did to create this success, this massive success you have in, in at that point in 10 years. And who you have become, who you are, um, the way you're living, um, you should really like visualize and go into detail what, you know, where your house is, what kind of house it is, how big, how many kids do you have? Do you have a dog? You know, like really paint, paint, out, paint out your vision of your ideal life. And <clears throat> what I then do is, and again, in my morning rituals, like I would read this letter to myself in the morning to get re-inspired, to get reconnected and re-motivated and go out there and then take the action that needs to be taken. So I think being connected to your overall vision and your overall goal goal, what you want to achieve in life, who you want to be in life is one of the yeah, really really a, a big one, I would yeah. say. And do that continuously every single day.
0: So you're reconnecting mm-hmm. and, and keeping really in front of your eyes that big long term goal, where you want to be, who you want to be, what your values are um I, I totally agree i think we often get caught up in the day-to-day grind and lose we might have a, a you know some certain amount of, of goals that we're setting but to have big overarching goals who is the person that i want to be where do i want to be in life who do I, you know all of those big things and keeping that in front of your eyes at all times that is just such a golden statement i think that that is just so important um, as well as having the, the shorter-term goals on how you're going to reach this step or that step. So you're breaking it down into smaller steps, but having that big vision. Because I think we, we we often, you know, if someone says to you, well, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> <I> mean, <you're laughs> <stuff>. Right.
1: <laughs> uh, a small kid will always be able to tell you that, funny enough, right?
0: They'll tell you something, yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll be passionate about something, that they, that they think they want to be, whether they end up there or not. Um, and it's okay to, to adjust and be flexible with your vision, but it's being, um, as things change and, and situations change, but it, you, you've still got to start out with that vision of where you want to be, don't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's, there's so much power in, in doing that. And this is really what can help you driving forward with your goals. And, you know, like it gives you the power that propels you forward each day.
0: Totally. Now I I have a question for you though, Um, because we're both very extremely driven people, obviously. Um, And we're always on a mission. We're always focused. And I had a conversation (laughs) um, yesterday with my brother, um, a, a, a friend of his, um grandmother was was dying and he was very upset and 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 he said to me you know we were talking about life being very short and and time with our loved ones being very short and he said to me i worry about you because you are so goal orientated and so goal focused that you don't live necessarily and enjoy the moments you're always on a mission and it, it gave me pause to think um that, that partly is true, um, that I need to, and I think, um, you know, I'm heading into my fifth decade now. Don't know how I got here, but I, I am apparently. Um, <laughs> um,
1: you, don't, you don't look it, so
0: <laughs> that's, that's good. If I, neither do you, by the way, in your fourth decade. Um, Thank you. But it did give me pause to think, am I too driven and ambitious and goal-orientated and always living in the future goal and not living enough in the present um, and it did make me think you know he said to me you've got to stop sometime and smell the roses and I, and I sort of I sort of agree with him and I, I struggle with that notion do you have a struggle with that as well or how do you deal with uh, that sort of dichotomy of thinking one is in the future and, and driven and, and going somewhere and I'm on a mission at all times and I'm trying to improve myself constantly and the other side is, well, I just want to live here and be present right now and enjoy myself in this moment.
1: Well, I can absolutely relate to that. I mean, I am a high-energy person. Hmm. And what that means is you, you definitely have to find times where you wind down, I think. Yeah. So an easy example is um, I love to hike. And whenever my wife and I go up a mountain, I just feel this absolute calm coming over me. Yeah. So you just feel the power of nature when you do that, for example. And so, yeah, it is definitely also to keep a balance um, because it's, it's really easy to get kind of lost a bit in this, in this drive, right? If, if you are on that journey, it's always more and more and it's exciting and you are in kind of a flow. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. But on the other hand, yeah, um, we do. I, I think everyone does need ways to balance that out and, you know, nature can do that. Hiking can do that. There's so many ways, sports really help meditation. Connecting. So I think it's important to kind of make that a task that it's not just about the projects, right. It's, it's about finding a good balance. And then also, connect to your vision about those things right like if you want to live healthy you have to have that in part of your vision and every morning revisit that so that it's you allow yourself hard. to not forget that
0: so make, make <laughs> yeah. in other words, make that um that time or that you know the, the 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 that part of you that wants to find that balance and reconnect with family and spend time don't see that because in the past I've seen that as wasting time. You know, like if I go and have a coffee with a girlfriend or I, I spend time with, with loved ones or whatever, it was always in the back of my mind, but I should be working, but I should be working, but I should be working. Um, or I should be training, one or the other. Um, and so you're saying schedule that time in basically, plan for that and and make that a priority. Understanding, like I'm, I am coming to understand the need for – that this is actually a part of success is to be able to stop the never-ending workaholicness if you like <laughs> and actually take time out for for family for friends for for celebrating for having fun for reconnecting to nature as you said that's always been a big one for me and um, but finding that balance in that and actually prioritizing it and making it a part of your goals if that's the way you operate and you're goal orientated then I think um, for me uh, uh, just reflecting on it now to add that as part of my goal list if you like uh, to be more balanced be more um, present in the moment rather than you know always future pacing everything um, I think it's a valuable valuable lesson and something that uh, a lot of driven people I think need to take stock of because I mean I, I, you know, like I said I, my, my fifth decade's coming up like next week and um, I'm thinking oh my gosh you know like it's given me pause to think on, on how I'm spending my days and I'm realising that there's a finite number of them when you're younger you sort of think well I'll just you know go on forever um, and it's understanding that you, you know, there's some things you want to uh, to do and enjoy as well as just being on a complete mission all the time. So I think that's a an important one to mention. Yes, I think we need to have goals and all this sort of stuff, but we do need to keep finding balance and and connecting with like social connection. I think is, is hugely important, and nature connecting with nature is extremely important. I think absolutely so, um, as we wind up s- soon, Stefan, um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to touch on your style as a leader. I mean obviously you've been a leader in your company um, and what what, t- what are the traits that you possess as a leader of teams in your company and what what are your leadership beliefs and philo- philosophies when, when dealing with a team and, and working with people? Um, what you What do you believe? What are your beliefs around leadership?
1: Mm-hmm. So, first of all, I do believe that leadership is actually, or leaders are actually not born leaders. So, I absolutely believe that anyone can be a good leader,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it has to do with learning certain abilities, I believe, and techniques. So, first of all, one big one for me is that. A good leader, in my mind, has to yeah needs to develop the ability to always take responsibility for good things that happen, for example in projects, but also for failure or for bad things that happen um, I have project teams with uh, multiple people, and you know if you are the project manager, like you are responsible for the project and if something goes wrong you cannot just point out someone from your team and say yeah he screwed up mm. like you are responsible and so that is true for the good things that happen and the successful projects but it's also true for the projects that don't go so well so I think the to have this ability that you are absolutely connected with this project and you know this is your responsibility is quite a big one right to yeah
0: definitely just be
1: able to stand in the fire and say yeah that one didn't go well yeah and it's my responsibility
0: and um, how do you deal with that like you know and not go oh well I'm, I'm a useless project manager and i failed here and lose confidence in situations like that
1: well the thing is like you can there's again there's techniques right like you can read books about these kind of things and that can help you with that. And basically what it means is that first of all, I think no billionaire out there ever failed a business ever has not failed a business. Yeah. Right. Like, um, you can, you can hear that every now and then that sometimes it's, it took them three or four bankruptcies before they got really successful. Yeah. So yeah. I think to never give up, give up, right. That failure is not, an option, things like that. I mean, they are um used a lot, those kind of, of things. But actually or also another thing is to just tell yourself, you know, what's the worst case? I mean worst case is I have five different projects running. One isn't doing well, but maybe, you know, two of the other ones are going amazing. And this is so true for so many things. You never have just like one egg in the basket, right? Yeah. And um <laughs> just to realize that you know that this can happen to anyone it's nothing personal um even if you're responsible it doesn't mean you have everything under control and there are always also external factors you cannot foresee or so i think it's all about making good decisions with the information you have a, um, in a given moment yeah right and yeah. then and then you have nothing to to feel bad about
0: yeah okay. you did your best right yeah. You Did your best in the moment you prepared yourself best and, and you cannot control like I often when i 'm when I'm coaching people and they want to do like massive ultra marathons or something and they, they're dealing with a fear of you know can I do this and what happens when I fail um, I think it's really important to to understand that there is always going to be a chance of failure if you're pushing the limits especially if you if you're stretching yourself beyond the normal realms then there is a huge chance that you won't make make it but understanding that you're going to either be learning or winning one way or the other you're going to be improving through this journey Um, you either you you might fail in the actual attempt to run this race or something but in the meantime you get stronger fitter uh, more capable and you learn a whole lot, lot along the way for the next time that you have a go at something there's always a positive silver lining to every cloud in other words I think Um, and not being afraid of those failures because a fear of failure can actually stop you taking chances and opportunities and when you see things always as a threat rather than as a challenge uh, and an opportunity I think that just changing that mindset to being one of a positive it's a challenge it's an opportunity for me it's big and it's scary but i'm taking it rather than than seeing something as a massive threat and i could fail and this could happen and all the what ifs all the time um yeah so i just think that that that's uh a willingness to 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 take risks and to fail on occasion is is part of the parcel if you want to be successful would you agree with that
1: I I absolutely agree with that. And I think there's another point um, that makes a good leader and that's um, you got to be really very clearly and strongly connected to your vision or also clear about your vision in a certain task, in a certain project, right? You need to know exactly where you want to go with that. And I think... Then that's, that's also where, you know, where team members see, wow, like this guy is a leader because he does not bulge, you know, no matter what. Um, you can also reference that to sports teams, yep. really successful sports teams really do not care if it's sunny, if it's raining, yep. if they are having a home game or they are away. it It absolutely doesn't matter to them because they just laser focus on the task at hand and um, that's what makes them also so successful.
0: Uh, yeah, that, 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 that's very powerful. You cannot control all the circumstances. In other words, what you can control is what you have done and pre- pre- your preparation, your training, your, your focus. Um, and then whatever comes will come. <laughs> um, and being, so what about leading people and having different personality types and um, you know, this is something that I'm studying a lot at the moment, leadership uh, and, and having led teams in very extreme situations throughout my life in different expeditions and, and races and uh, different crews. I've always been fascinated by the dynamics of within a group and as a leader, leading people in, in extreme situations and what makes a good leader. And there have been times in my career where I've not been good and there have been times when I have been good. So it really interests me how how you you work with different personalities, what sort of uh, leadership style you develop, how you look as a leader. I think you need to be relentlessly positive uh, and guide (laughs) guide your team. You know, um, and always be there in service to them rather than the one pulling rank all the time and saying, "Well, I'm the boss. You've got to do it this way." Uh, would you agree with
1: it? I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think one thing is really also to, to do your best to motivate your team. To yeah, For example, there's also a thing like it's very easy that um, if you are the person in charge and you're responsible and let's say you are very successful with a project and in, a, in the corporate world, it's very easy that those kind, kind of position then um, or your personality can be led into a way of saying like, wow, I'm such an amazing project leader. I'm so successful. And the thing is, it's kind of, it's kind of really more than putting the team first, right? Like, because, because you're not, you're only as good as each single or, or the, or I don't know, the weakest team member, right? Yeah. Um, so you cannot, you cannot just stand there and say, I've done it all because you are leading a team. So it's a team effort. Yeah. And I think to be a little bit humble about these kind of things um, is also really helpful. Put the team first. And um, I've seen it so many times when, when you are, you know, you, you're in front of a management team and you talk about the team effort and, and really it really um just share with other people how amazing the team is you work with yeah that's a powerful one you yeah. know and that yeah. lights up faces i've yeah. seen it so many times
0: yeah, time. yeah. And, oh and, and giving praise where it's you know uh, um i always try and live by that rule uh five positive interactions for one corrective interaction if you like um, right and you know it doesn't you're not, not always successful in that but I, I do try to do that and to be appreciative of people's efforts um, and to make people I, I think uh, in building a team now in the moment with our with our company um, it's really important that that you have true believers people that are really on board with your vision uh, that aren't just there to do a job so to speak but that are there that, that actually get what the company's about where we 're going and what we 're doing and are excited about the uh, the project at hand um, and how they can contribute to it and feel appreciated for their efforts that they 're doing um, so that 's you know something that i 'm definitely learning and, and developing I think uh, as we go along, but it always sort of fascinates me you know how do you you know how do different leaders interact i 've you know watched some bad leadership examples over the years and um, of of uh, it, so it's, it's it's sort of understanding what your leadership style is and, and who do you want to be and how do you want to be present for your team um, and I think things like consistency are, are really important uh, consistency in communication and communication and process and what the values in, are of the of the team um, and then you know striving towards these these targets that you have. That have to be, by the way, very they have to be achievable targets. I think setting unrealistic targets just sets your team up for failure, doesn't it?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think you know, if you've got, you know, some big dream number in your head, we're gonna do this turnover this year, that's you know, like ten times what you're doing. It's people just have not got a relation to that number or to that that goal and they're like, Well, how the heck am we gonna get there? you know? Um so I have been able to, to break them into smaller sort of parcels, um and, and be realistic. Hey look, Stefan, we've we've definitely, you know, got covered a, a heck of a lot of ground in this in this um interview and we're need to wind up shortly but um i just wanted to thank you so much for taking your time and giving us your insights because you are an extremely successful uh businessman and um and, and as an athlete as well you relate to the people in my audience very well um and i wanted to give you the chance to maybe give us some final words of wisdom that you know what 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 is uh, anything burning on your mind that you want to add to the conversation before we wind up
1: Sure. Um, well, let me come back to the Zeigarnik effect we talked about in the beginning, right? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And how
1: important it actually is to complete unfinished tasks. And so I would like to ask the audience to make the next three days about thinking about unfinished business, about unfinished tasks, be it in, in business, be it in your private life, in your home, or whatnot, and focus on completing those tasks in the next three days, knowing that you're going to free up a lot of energy to tackle really exciting and amazing new projects after that.
0: Wow. I think that's that's just a perfect note to end on. Stefan, where can people get hold of you if they're interested in your books or your... um, yeah, uh, what you do with your wife, uh, your, her, um, coaching, her, um, you know, wh- where, where can they, people connect with you if they want to reach out and talk about any of these sort of things?
1: Sure. Um, so my book can be found on Amazon, mm-hmm. also on, on the Australian Amazon, which has started not too, ah. too long ago, I think. Very good. Um, I'd say just under my name, the, the book title um, actually is 10 Powerful Habits for Success.
0: 10 Powerful Habits for Success by Stefan Silner. So that is S-I-L-L-N-E-R, guys. If you're looking for that, um, make sure you go and grab that book off Amazon and have a read. Um, delve a little bit deeper into these insights from Stefan. Um, Correct.
1: Yeah. And my, any- w- my wife's um, company, um, her personal training and online training company, um, and the contact details to her would be on ultra-living.com Brilliant. Ultra-living,
0: uh, hyphen living, is it? Ultra,
1: ultra hyphen. Oh yes, ultra-living.com yeah.
0: Fantastic, I'll put that in the show notes. Look, Stefan, thank you very much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it and, um, you know, it's been wonderful to have you on the show.
1: Well, likewise and, um, yeah, I'll, I'll wish you a great day.
0: Do you want to run faster, further, without pain and injuries? Do you want to learn how to maximize your limited training time to get the most out of yourself? If you want a PB at your next ultra marathon or you just want to run your very first kilometer, then we can help you get there using our holistic five pillars approach. Our system includes all the pieces of the training puzzle, from strength and conditioning, to mobility workouts, to nutrition and supplementation. And a big piece of the puzzle is mindset and motivation, as well, of course, as your run sessions and your technique drills. To find out more, download our free online run training e-course at runninghotcoaching.com.